now we got this time for the intro okay guys wow it's been a night we just finished up some record reviews we got the opportunity to already review red shores the nocturnal misadventures of a modern mind and we have the man with us the legend the myth caleb morganfield of red shores from the uk he is here he's going to tell us all about the new album uh what the hell fucking math core is why is he such a nerd and why i love this guy so much he's a hell of a man caleb how's it going it is good yeah up early to talk to you guys i know up early the uk time difference it throws a lot of people off it's a pain in the ass but we do it we do it for our friends man we've had a bunch of good people on that we've done it and we always get the best shit this way. This is the earliest so. I've been up since everything kind of shut down as well. So. <laughs> See, so, so we're trying to even instill some solid self-care stuff into your yeah. daily routine. Hell yeah, look at that. Sleep schedule. <laughs> What's your normal schedule like? Are you like a night owl up all night working away on music and shit? Kind of. I mean, that is kind of what the, uh, the EPs come from is I, have, I do have problems with um, sleeping. Okay. I've kind of I'd had in on and off um, problems with insomnia. So most of the time, if like I'm either just tossing and turning, I can't sleep, or I am not sleeping because I'm going, right, I've got to work on music. And I'm very much a kind of person that once I start working, I'll not stop. Like, I'll start working. Like, I've had it, if I'm working during the day, I'll be working and I'll look at the time and go, fuck, I'm not eating yet. <laughs> just time escapes you, man, when you're doing something yeah, it you just love. It goes. It's like my brain works like right this is what i'm focusing on mm-hmm. and that's that's what i'm doing and music do. music man like how long have you been doing this like this is what your third album with red shores yeah this is the um third ep i've only been actually putting out music with shores for about was it three years and oh 18 no two years because the first ep came out in 2018 but i have been working with this project for five in some form or another. Okay, so it's been your baby for five years here. Before that, had you been in some other bands, things like that? Uh, I I kind of messed around with bands. Nothing ever serious. It was just people getting together to jam. It, it never really went anywhere until I formed the initial version of Red Shores back in 2015. Okay, and when you say forming like the initial Red Shores, like Red Shores is just you. Right, like the, everything, yeah, uh, everything's you, man. Currently, it is. It was originally. It was a. Um, it was like a noise, kind of uh, two piece, like okay. dr- uh, bass and drums, kind of like a Death from Above, nineteen seventy nine. Okay, right on. And um, we started that. We did that very briefly because um, we kind of started that right around when as a band. I don't know if you may have heard of them called Royal Blood. Yes, also did the I'm a big Royal thing. Blood fan. And all we, all we got was comparisons to that. And we're like, yeah, um, let's try something different. And then we became a guitar and drums two-piece, which went on for about 
about nine months we did that. We tried writing music and getting... we Well, we wrote songs because we were playing gigs, and we tried recording it. Nothing ever really came from it, apart from a live album that was recorded, which was briefly up on our band camp, but we're taking it down now because it, it wasn't brilliant. And then, um, yeah, the guy I was doing it with, who's actually... Um, I'm trying to get a band back together now to, well, obviously play gigs when we can play gigs when this shit uh, kind of clears up um, he's now the bassist in a three piece on the setup but he decided um, he didn't want to do it anymore so it became just me for a while I did get another guitarist in we played one gig which was the last gig Red Shorts played for well it's been three years now since we've let Red Shorts has last played a show and um, yeah that, that didn't um didn't work out and it was around that time I started writing material as just me uh, and the first EP came out at March 2018 um, and then uh, the the live band stuff fizzled out like the guitarist left to um, to go to like university so uh, like kind of getting together to do stuff was um wasn't uh, viable because he was in, uh, further up the country because I'm, uh, I'm right down south. He went up north, and um, yeah, getting together was a lot harder. And then um, yeah, it was just me. I did uh, that first EP, and I started writing material for an album. Started trying to get a band together. Uh, looked out for a bassist, um, which the the uh, ad was answered by my old guitarist, who is now currently got the bass position. So we're currently just trying to get a guitarist in position. But I am, um, yeah, at the beginning of last year, I put out the first full length. Just on the edge of putting out a uh, second EP, which will be the third Red Shield release. Right, and, and that one there, man, we got the opportunity. Thank you again for, for letting us get access to it and, and hear it because it has been... Fucking a pleasure to listen to, man. We talked about Absolutely. yeah, how, how awesome it was. So, like, you know, I just love the sound of it. Sounds like you've really kind of, you know, you've you've really turned this into something that, that a lot of people can listen to outside of the genre. Because sometimes I kind of have the biggest complaint about this genre is there's a little too much going on. And sometimes the guesswork, I just don't know what the fuck, uh, I, where, what direction they're going. Whereas you hit the nail on the head where I was like, you know, I love that anxiety-inducing sound, but it doesn't make me feel too much splitting into that schizophrenic zone where I'm like, I don't like this. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there are some bands in the genre that do really go tech and mm-hmm. there's so much going on you're like God! and then there's some fans <laughs> kind of, they're a bit chaotic but they're not so, so bad you can kind of still follow it and there's a bit of groove to it I'm very much kind of a groove kind of player yeah. And can you kind of enlighten me as to the term like mathcore you know I've heard the term no. I don't know what that is just time signatures what is that man yeah it is it's to do with um, it's time signatures uh, it, um, I think it originated as a joke, kind of as like a der- uh, derogative term for kind of like chaotic music with a lot of tempo and time changes. So mm-hmm. that's basically what mathcore is. It's a fast-paced kind of changes tempo and time a lot, and it's very abrasive. And it kind of um, it's kind of like a 
originally kind of like a mashup of kind of like prog and punk, mm-hmm. kind of like taking the changing progressive meter and time from the prog and putting a hardcore kind of punk edge on it. Sure, I could hear that for sure. That's kind of like uh, bands like Meshuggah. That would be kind of mathcore as well, wouldn't it be? Um, kind of. I mean, they they're kind of what's now referred to as gent, which is similar, uh, but it's it's gent. not as uh, crazy intense okay. every three seconds. There's the yeah. like the polyrhythm is there, right. but it's right. it's not. Whereas you got a band like um, the Dillinger Escape Plan, mm-hmm. which are highly influential to what I've done. Mm. Bands, um, yeah, bands like Botch, they they change tempo and time a lot, and it's very chaotic and in your face, and um, yeah. Whereas, yes, the same with like Meshuggah, it's gent, uh, it's uh, it's a little bit more conventional, in what if if that makes sense. Even though it's like it's still there's all the polyrhythm and right. the meter change, it's it's not so um, frantic. Right, right. It's it's a little more friendly to a lot of people's ears, that's yeah. for sure. And like I said, but um, it, it's interesting to listen to, and I feel like you didn't go out of your comfort zone listening to the album, like especially on vocals. A lot of like this stuff, like the metalcore stuff, can really have this shrieking just vocals that turn me off, and and I just don't like that. Whereas, you know, everything on this album was was just. It seemed right, man. Uh, especially those songs like Sleepless, uh, Atlas Rains. Those are very fucking riff heavy. Those opening riffs gravitate towards people who are looking maybe into the, the straight metal stuff without too much of the metalcore, mathcore, because you can easily distinguish that and grab that on and headbang to that. Whereas, you know, some of the other stuff there, like, like I um, again, I butcher all these goddamn titles of the song, man. You're... <laughs> This is like Strigoi, is it Strigoi? Your oh, second Strigoi. Strigoi. <laughs> yeah, and like see that one there, you know, those time signatures, they're just they're crazy. It's it's so frantic. I like it. And then Verboum, Bellium, and Kitsungi. Jesus Christ, man, you're way too nerdy for me. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about some of these titles, man. What's what's the story behind the album? Like there's just a lot well, going the story on. Behind the album, um I it was originally supposed to be a second full length, but I kind of cut it down to just the six songs that are on it. And uh, it, it's kind of, it works. I kind of think of it as it works in two halves. Like you've got like a side A and a side B. You've got the side A is the kind of more chaotic stuff. Like you've got the opening track, um, right, right. 4077, and then you've got Strigoi and uh, Vibor and Bellum. They are the more chaotic tracks and they don't quite there's there's some themes like there's multiple themes on this EP like for instance uh, 4077 is a reference to MASH and it's kind of like the perspective of being in a field hospital during wartime and kind of like the perspective therein. Uh, Strigoi is just straight up about vampires. Okay cool. Because that's what hmm. Strigoi is like the, the, the kind of like folk tale term for a vampire and then um Vaborum Bellum uh is Latin that translates to war of words and that kind of comes from um like opposing perspectives on uh a say an event and how people try and uh, distort facts 
so that their version of events is what's considered history. And um, yeah, and then you got the second half, uh, which is uh, Kintsugi, Sleepless, and Atlas Resigns. They are that was a I kind of think of that as like a mini concept trilogy, but in reverse in another way because I wrote the music before the lyrics, so <laughs> it works oh. in reverse. But it's kind of like um, to do it in EP order. You have Kintsugi, which is that that name comes from. Uh, a Japanese art form where broken pottery is fixed with like a gold resin, so all the cracks. Oh right, right, like yeah, it. that's awesome. Yeah. I've seen that for and, sure. Yeah, that uh, that works is like a metaphor for um, like emotional healing. Mm-hmm. In the instance I use it, it's like um, saying like my um, I've got emotional and physical scars, but I'm not going to hide them. They're, they kind of like if I didn't have them, I wouldn't be the person I am. So I'm kind of putting them on display. Hence, hence the um, use of uh, Kintsugi. Nice. Uh, cool. Then you have Sleepless, which it just just came from um, a battle of insomnia I was going through at the time of writing, and just how it's it it could be a constant struggle. And then the odd times I did sleep, I was having very odd kind of. I wouldn't say nightmares because typically I'd end up falling asleep during the day because I couldn't sleep at night and then I'd just start having these um, kind of odd, kind of like nightmarish weird dreams kind of related to things that were going on in my life that were almost as if my brain was trying to fuck with me. <laughs> it's like, you're finally sleeping, but I'm going to give you all this horrid shit. To think about. <laughs> but remember how horrible this was and how horrible this could possibly be. Have a good night, yeah. asshole. Yeah. yeah. That, yes, his brain's like you. You said that when you were twelve. Like you're going to think about that now for at least three How's hours. How's that feel? Remember, yeah. you're the only person who remembers it. But you're going to fucking remember it now. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got Atlas Vines was just an outright um, like mental breakdown I had. I had I had some stuff going on, and it's kind of how I am. Um, I'm, I'm kind of an introverted person, but when I let people in, I really care about them, and sometimes I kind of care a little too much. Mm-hmm, and in mm-hmm. case I was trying to trying to help and fix things that I probably necessarily shouldn't have, and all the weight just getting on top of me, that and a couple of other things just all crushing down. And yeah, that's where Atlas Designs come from. And I think of it as kind of a concept album in reverse of how it goes from um, healing to the insomnia, to the mental break, when if, if you're doing it correctly, it should have gone the other way around. Right. But, I, yeah, that's why I think of it. Yeah, it's like the, the, the second half of the EP is a little concept album in reverse. No, that's that's very cool that's to, awesome. to hear about that because, you know, if you were to look at the album kind of outwardly just based on the music, which, you know, I more or less did, right? It's just a heavy, you know, badass album and then i told joey i didn't get the opportunity to dig into the lyrics meanings behind it as much as i wanted to but hearing your explanations of them is just going to make me go back filter through it more and take a bigger, deeper listen because we're big on you know hearing people's stories and hearing you know the struggles that people have had and how some of this artwork becomes because that is just usually the best part of the, the interview just understanding the normal shit that you guys go through that we can go through as well and it's very fucking relatable yeah and it's, it's very much a thing with the music like you can listen to it as it just being a really angry record without a doubt and you can get the catharsis of just listening to it that or then you can have the develop like you can have the understanding 
of right. what's actually going there. Like you read the lyrics, or you just like if you're listening to this, you've just heard me talk about it. Like you have that deeper understanding, and it can go either way. It doesn't matter. You can just appreciate it as just being heavy, crazy music, or you can appreciate it as it being kind of like a timestamp of what I was going through when I did it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I like the I like the whole. Yeah, I like the whole package like that, you know. I like to hear it all and then wrap it up into one thing. Let's do it. Like, like that title, Atlas Resigns, after hearing you talk about it, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful yeah. title. So that's very much a case of, like, I've got the world on my shoulders, but mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to be carrying anymore. Fuck this, so, I'm putting it down. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then that's a tough thing for a lot of people that are naturally born helpers or us that, you know, we're introverts. I think a lot of us are. Like, I, God knows, like, the three of us, I'm pretty sure, are going to be as much introverted as you can get around here. And, and when it gets to be helping people, you know, it can be too much. And we got to remember to put that oxygen mask on us first before we go in and help others. Otherwise, we're no good. And then we break down and it becomes shit man <laughs> like and then but if, if shit ends up you know producing songs like that fucking go for it man go crazy once in a while god damn because <laughs> i i that song moon that that's my favorite as crazy as it is you know i loved it but um you know what what are your favorite parts of the album for you do you like the way the first part came about or, or more of the second part like are you into that go ahead I said the whole thing. Um, I I love it all. It was cool. it's um it's been quite a, an important thing for me. It came at an important time. Like focusing on working on that got me through some shit, and especially lyrically, being able to put down what's in my head and mm-hmm. get it out, and then being able to scream about it and mm-hmm. have it out in there. It, it helped a lot. And um, yeah, I kind of uh, listened to it uh, to like to learn it to potential potentially play it live i do have the odd moment where i'm like oh i like this song a bit more or ah god this song's a nightmare but um yes yeah, um it, it was it's it an amazing been an amazing uh thing to to do cool man how how long did you work on this caleb like i know you it's, were the you um, were the guy you played everything you did the mixing the mastering like that's crazy yeah some some of the uh the um i think it took me uh, in total, if I'm going like about the, in all the time I was just working on it, like the accumulated time, it's probably about, I want to say like four or five months. Jesus, that's not that's maybe, not that long. Maybe <laughs> I mean there might have been a little bit more in there where I've gone like I I need to work on lyrics and I'm right. not a, I don't think myself as an amazing lyricist, so it takes a bit of time. It doesn't come naturally. Mm-hmm. So there might have been about like a month where I was just going, I need to write lyrics. I need to write lyrics. Nothing's coming. But I think uh, if if you were to like measure out every time I've gotten right, I'm sitting down to work. So then when I stopped and then picking it back up when I sat down to work, it was about four or five months. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, good impressive. for you, man. Uh, moving forward, do you think it's going to be difficult to incorporate a band with you to play some of this, or just to become a full band again? Do you like um, being the lone wolf? I I, I think. I, Something I haven't I haven't quite thought about. I mean, uh, but speaking about like the, my my bassist Harrison, who was the uh, the original um, guitarist back when we start bassist back when I started it as a two piece. Like um, I was speaking to him about it, and it's very much a case of like uh, he said to me like you know what you're doing with the studio stuff, 
So you, like that's perfectly fine. It's pretty much kind of a case of just getting people to help me bring this to the live setting. And he's perfectly fine with that. I've spoken to him and he said, yeah, no, like, because he's not a mathical person at all himself, but he just likes the music. Mm-hmm. So he wants to get it out and played. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, currently our biggest problem is just getting someone to play guitar on it. But playing it live is, should, shouldn't be a problem because like, I've worked with Harrison for a bit before um, we even started this band and I've known him for so long. We, ju- we just click instantly when we first started playing together which is why we kind of went ah, let's, let's try a band so that that isn't a problem and yeah it's just getting guitarist because um how how it originally worked was i played drums and sang and then harris played guitar so now it's going to be a case of i'm going to play drums and sing harris played bass and we have a guitarist and we're going to kind of like try and divide back and forth between two of them however that's going to work out when we finally get a guitarist but, um, so yeah, it's. But so, it's I think the biggest problem is just going to be learning it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Needless to say, there'll be there'll be challenges, but you're willing to work it out and make something happen. Yeah. Cool, man. And then you you briefly touched on there just um I believe your bassist said, hey, you know what you're doing here, studio wise. Um, can you tell me a little bit about like the thirty zero seven studios that you kind of work yeah. with? Is that your studio? Do you do? Yeah, that is that is my. I kind of invent that as a as a thing to put my music out through that like i'd already done um the first two uh i done the uh, i did the self-titled ep and the album doomsday clock already and i was kind of like i want something to put that through as an umbrella and also because i do audio engineering i wanted like a company to kind of like push that through so i i started so zero seven and that's kind of like my little umbrella thing for everything i do through shores and music i work on with other people right and like has there been some other bands that have come to you and just requested some help uh yeah i am um, i helped uh a friend who's is in a he's a friend of another band i was in briefly uh who i met i met through being in this other band and um yeah i worked on him uh, i worked with him on his uh solo ep okay which put out uh two months ago was it was it last month i can't remember Time, time goes in this COVID yeah, time. Yeah, God yeah. only knows. Yeah, I, I helped him mix that. Like he, he mixed it, but like I kind of gave him the guidance because he, he doesn't. He, he'll admit he didn't quite know what he was doing, so he just needed that assistance, and I mastered it for him. Okay, man. Well, what's your background in all this stuff? Like, are you just self-taught? Did you take some courses, or are you just? Uh, I, I, um, I kind of I started self-teaching. What when the band started just because it I was I've always been interested in like the process of making music and getting it recorded so I kind of started learning it so I could do it myself so then one just to save money and two because I'm a nerd and I I like I'm very hands-on for sure building and stuff so I wanted to have a thing and then I started um I went to college well I was doing performance like music performance in college but that wasn't uh, that didn't quite work for me because they weren't quite teaching you how to perform. They were kind of just teaching you how to play and then be in front of people whilst playing. So mm. I ended up banding and that I did. Um, when I got to university level, I did courses in music production and I've just finished a Bachelor of Arts degree in uh, music performance. Not performance production. What is it, performance? 
yeah, I've just done a, a Bachelor of Arts in um, production. Okay, cool. And did like going to school kind of help you make it yeah, this I, music? I, or? Yeah, this. Um, I mean, some of it, like this EP, was actually used for my uh, BA course. Oh, awesome! Part of it, you had to make. Um, you had to make uh, a certain amount of music, and like you, you. I think I can't remember exactly if it was you had to make it or compose it yourself because I obviously did because I could. So it's like you had this amount of music yet to produce or work with a client or whatever and then hand that in. So I used, for like my final project, I used the EP. Cool. Nice. What'd you get, 100%? I, I, I got I got a first, which is like the highest grade you can Oh, that a boy. See, see, we only have the best people on our show, That's right. Caleb. Wasn't that kind of bullshit for them to say, like, oh, I don't like what you wrote, so yeah. you get like a fucking F. It's like, you it's motherfucker. Like, it's like, it's like, subjective. Like, I was, I was the only person on the course that does metal. Everyone else does electronic. Oh, uh, okay. It's odd. I, I, I didn't really ever have anyone. Like, I could just go, oh, I wanna, we, can, we can collaborate, because it wasn't so easy, because we're two mm-hmm. different genres. I mean, I did have a, a guy on the course I'm friends with. Uh, he was a metalhead at heart, but he kind of does... He does more, like, jazz stuff. So that never... Pretty, I mean, we got on really well, but we just never could quite um, collaborate on anything. Well, see, that's sort of like Joe. Joe's like the metalhead at heart, but goddamn, man can, loves to rap, and he, he crushes it. He, he has bars, as the kids say. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple, I guess. <laughs> I got a couple, I guess. And that's our Canadian, you know, just self-deprecating, just very humility coming out, right, yeah. man? Definitely. But I, I think hate I, myself. <laughs> I think Caleb's pretty well got that down pat, because he's, he's part of the, the, the UK, the... What the fuck's it called with the Queen? <laughs> I don't I'm even know. Well. That's right. You're basically one of us, and I like it. <laughs> if that's a good thing. I don't know, man. <laughs> but, man, Caleb, what what got you into this kind of music? Had you always been into this? What kind of you know other influences, or what other stuff did you grow up listening um, to? I, I, I kind of first kind of got into metal through like your typical bands like Metallica. Okay. And kind of like that more straightforward kind of thrash stuff. I was like, I was a big Metallica fan for many years, and that got me into heavier stuff uh, like, like Meshuggah and other kind of metal bands. And then it wasn't it wasn't till I actually kind of started the project that I um I kind of started going down this route because it was actually a band who I'm now friends with who I played the first ever gig with Red Shores with called Operation Kino. They were kind of like a a mathcore kind of band. They're they're not as mathy mathy as some <laughs> I like bands, that mathy mathy. I'd go on to listen to, but like they were kind of like my gateway to more um, intense music because I like I got to become friends with them over the years and um, like listening to them made me start listening to more chaotic stuff like Dillinger and Converge and Botch and I just went down the rabbit hole of mathcore and then that's kind of what I changed from because Red Shores was originally when we were a two-piece we were a, kind of like a noise prog kind of yeah. thing yeah, yeah. and then yeah we just kind of like I played that gig that first show and kind of just fell in love with that band and what they do and um, yeah that made me go down the rabbit hole into the more chaotic stuff cool and for yeah. those of us who really haven't fell down that rabbit hole well, like is there like Give me like three bands that you'd say would probably be the quintessential bands that people should check out or, or go listen to that you'd recommend. 
uh, we've had this discussion with uh, I've had this discussion with other people in um, or seen this discussion shall I say with other people who are in this genre and it's very hard but it's kind of like um, I guess like the top three if you want to go by like classic big names are like maybe uh, like Dillinger Escape Plan Converge and Botch but then there's other bands that came just after them you got bands like The Chariot and uh, the number 12 looks like you. They all kind of do different things in the genre. Cool. For sure. No, I've heard of a couple of them and just kind of... Yeah, exactly. I like that. That You know, that's the thing, too. As long as there's bands that are doing things differently, and but similar, cool. I, I love that because, like, your sound, I dig. Like, this new EP, again, I can't stop raving about it. I just hope it doesn't go under the radar, man, because Absolutely. I want people to hear it, and, and that's why we wanted you on here, man. As soon as I was, like, giving your stuff you know a listen which i should have been listening to more because you know the suplex city limits brotherhood has to like stick together man (laughs) (laughs) so so like with that um that's that's the thing i wanted to kind of lead into is with some of the music potentially kind of going under the radar um are you concerned that the way things are with covid and not getting the opportunity to put together a band and get out there that some of your stuff is just going to be be there and and not a lot of people will be able to listen to it uh or find it as yeah i mean the, the concern is kind of there um being able to actually go out and play it in front of people is because um actually playing it in front of people and having people listen to it and go well like i can see exactly what this band is about from seeing us play live um not having that there kind of hurts so i'm just stuck on whatever i can do through social media Mm-hmm. which as an in past experience hasn't been too great but um i don't know i'll, I'll, I'll just have to it's going to be a case of suck it and see and if it if it if it does well with people who are going to listen to it maybe they'll share it on and it will go that way but at the end of the day like i, I don't care too much about how like numbers and however many hundreds of people listen to it i just kind of care that the people do listen to it like it and if if they love it then like I'm, I've done something right. Yeah, and is that kind Even of funny? Like one or two people really uh, are attached to it, then mm. like, that's better than nothing. Good, good. Yeah, you know, it sounds like it's something for for you, and, and it's again, you've talked about the story behind the music, how it helps you get some of those tough times out. But also, is there you know an end goal for the band? Are you hoping to you know see something more for the band, or is it just see what happens? I mean, it's, it's kind of um, uh, it's definitely a see what happens thing. Uh, I've never, I mean, part of me would like it to do really well, but then there's part of me that's like, well, I'm just doing it for fun. I, like, I just love music, I love playing music, I love performing. And this is just a way for me to play something, or get something to go out and play and perform. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. If, if it becomes big, then cool, but if it doesn't, then like, it's, it's just been a great way for me to work out some of my inner, inner shit and um, have fun doing it. Yeah. That's the, that's the main thing about music. I think a lot of guys think that uh, if they get big, it's going to stay, you know, stay the same and be as cool as it was. I, I, I don't know if that's the case. I think you might lose some enjoyment for sure, but that's my opinion. And then again, also, there's never the, the, um, the guarantee you will stay big. 
So right, yeah. Take what you can from what you're doing, and you know, if you're in it for the money, good for you. If you're not, don't matter. It's just as long as as long as the people listen to it, get something out of it. Really, that's right. That's what matters. Big thing. Oh, without a doubt, right? That we we talked to we talked to so many people who have gone so many different routes. Guys who have made it, and then they basically lost everything others who were on the verge of making it and then didn't make it and then suffered years of depression afterwards because they didn't know what to do um and then others you know kind of like yourself who are just doing it and you know having fun with it having a little following here and there having a couple chuckleheads like me and joey throw you on a podcast and get to hear more about (laughs) you and hopefully spread the word and, and get you out there because we're you know super i don't know super fans more or less right man this album here blew us away and oh, and yeah, we got it to review good. it and it's just it was awesome to hear because the quality is there uh man you did amazing work on it brother i was saying to troy it's like it's just one thing to sit there and uh, you know be able to play all the instruments right and do all the writing and shit like that but to like do all that and also record all that and then mix that and master that that's that's crazy i give you mad respect sir that's nuts <laughs> And you, you admittedly though, Caleb, you said you're a nerd though. You you love yeah, to I, like do that shit. You 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 live for that stuff. I mean, I love that about you. Is that the fact? Sometimes on Twitter, when you are on social media, you got some crazy stuff on. You got some fan fiction stuff going on. Whatever. Like you got like you're talking comics. You're talking film. We're talking wrestling, man. Um, what have you been staying busy with recently? Like, what's keeping you busy and you're, you know, doing some self care otherwise than music and. Um, well, for a bit of it was was making this music, but um, since finishing that up and having it all shipped off to go, it's just mostly I've been playing, I've been playing video games and I've been playing D and D with some friends over the Tinter webs. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's just being a nerd still. Getting <laughs> Respect. <laughs> nerd stuff. Nerd stuff's fun, man. I, I try and. You know, I'm I'm a nerd at heart. Everybody's a nerd in one way or another. But I try to play video games here and there. But I'm like a binge video gamer. I'll play it for like weeks and weeks, and then I just stop for months at a time. And um, I've tried my hand at Dungeon and Dragons. I've haven't had much success with it. I'm gonna blame everybody who's tried to teach me and not myself for being, um, you know, a horrible person during these games. But I do like the concept, though. They seem fun, man. How how do, would you recommend somebody new get into that? Um, I guess, I mean, YouTube is always a great way. There's um, many places that, like, play D&D. And I guess the best way to kind of learn it is through watching people play it through places like Critical Role. Or there's, uh, there's a channel called Dicebreaker from the UK. They have uh, videos that are, like, basically, like, how to play as a player. They've just put one, a video out. It's like how to DM uh, a game. And just watching videos and watching people play the game itself and kind of picking up what it's about and then reading into it and just going from that, you know? Yeah, and for sure. going into it with a, a clear mind and being willing to fuck up and learn from it. You know, you're just there to have fun. And sometimes you make a mistake, it's going to be a fun part of the narrative and then you can learn to play well and yeah just just have fun with it cool that sounds fun like it sounds like the people that you're with make it because i i was taught i i was attempted to be taught 
the awful card game Yu-Gi-Oh! Fucking Yu-Gi-Oh! God, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. There's so much shit going on in there. Banning people to Shadow Realm sounds all well and good, except when you got like 32,000 cards that do something different each time, and I felt so damn dumb playing that game. I was like, go fish! Where's some go fish, <laughs> man? It's intense. Like, I don't know. Like, I give people credit all the time. Like, that takes a lot of time and effort and energy. Yeah. I think with D&D, it's the best thing. Uh thing that's really going to help is uh, being playing it with people you know well and you can have a laugh with because it's like um, sometimes you'll be able to throw in like an odd inside joke into the game or a reference and that kind of really helps enhance the game so I guess this might kind of one of my recommendations is like be playing with some people who you're uh, quite close with like friends was so then you can just throw in all sorts of stupid shit and it's not going to be embarrassing <laughs> cool man that's awesome we've had some, in our game we've had some really ridiculous points come up that only only we would we would end up coming out with that to other people they may be like why how where did that come from but we just we just roll with it or we'll come up with a uh, little joke so there's one uh, in the last game uh, oh the current arc I kind of did a character just like because I I'm doing it out of a module book, I saw the the character and I was like, right, um, this guy looks a little bit like Matt Berry's character in the TV series version of what we do in the Shadows. So I'm just going to play him like Matt Berry, and that became a running joke in my party about this character. And I played it in, up in such a hammy way that everyone just fell in love with the NPC that they're only supposed to see once in the entire campaign. Okay. <laughs> so now he's become a staple of the game. And I've, I've kind of, I've he's been taken out of the game now, but he's in my back pocket. I can just pull him out and do do my stupid, not at all accurate Matt Berry impersonation, and <laughs> make everyone laugh. And it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time. Cool man, like it's just little moments like that that make make D and D great for sure. And games like that, um, does it help as as an introvert, man? I find it personally like I struggle to even go to like a game night with places or like at a store that has the back room and everybody's there and like i want to kind of learn but i just you know more than a couple people and i can't handle that shit man i'm just like yeah wondering... no, I'm, yeah i've it, it depends on the situation with me sometimes like uh groups of people will freak me the fuck out but i'm i'm kind of a person that once once stuff got gets rolling i can kind of because i'm a performer I can just go with it and kind of get my way through. Um, part of my brain's going, oh, God, this is, you're, you're going to embarrass yourself. You're going to look like a fucking idiot. But then the other part of me is going, no, you just just go with it. It's fine. Like, just let shit happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I am i don't perform or do anything of any kind in that nature. Um, I do have to do, like, public speaking for my job and shit like that. And I just kind of suck it up and pray to God that the anxiety attack comes after and not before the the, the show <laughs> and then um like joey how do you manage to do it because you're on the stage there too and like i know you're like a homebody there uh, like like ourselves so i i don't know man I, i'm kind of the same as caleb if i once once i get going it's it's not too bad it's not too bad for me but um definitely the initial the initial panic attacks and anxiety and just uh <laughs> wanting to stay home and be more agoraphobic than anything else for sure <laughs> absolutely so it's always that that, that build-up that's the worst bit because you get that's always the worst that once you do it doing, you're like 
you're like, when, oh, this is yeah. fine. Why, 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 why was I panicking? And yeah, then that's it. Have, you might, in my case, I'll be like, I said that. Why did I say that? Why did oh, I say that? And then I'll, I'll panic about that for a bit. And then I'll <laughs> just, eh, I'm never I'm living in the house again. Yeah. Yeah, just, just just remember, just that people don't think about you the way you think about yourself. So you might think about something as being cataclysmically stupid, but other people they've forgotten about it, or they've just laughed at it and just moved on. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that's a great way to do it, right? That self-talk, or just you know being realistic about it and not having that like catastrophizing way of of thinking where you know the worst possible thing could happen or people were thinking the worst because the majority of the time definitely people are way more involved in themselves to be worried yeah, about you they're own shit to worry about. that's right I they're mean, not even paying attention like doing the fucking same thing you are but yeah. they're not showing it you don't see that side you don't see the internal freak out but yeah you know, it's, yeah and, like, honestly, like, just hearing some of your guys, it's, like, the way you guys approach it and understand that you guys go through similar shit to me it makes me kind of feel better that, okay, like, it's it's something to continue to work on. And it's, you know, even people who are out there on stage who I feel like got talent and are well-spoken and can do whatever, you know, they're still dealing with similar shit, but handling it a little bit better. And I can step well, up. Different. I can do it. I can different. do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. You can do it, big guy. That's right. We believe. That's right. I got this, man. I'm gonna fucking start. affirmations. Dungeon just dragons clan tomorrow, and then I'm gonna flip the table on this motherfucker who beats me. That's what I'm gonna do. Dude, speaking no, of that, kind of, though, when you're a, when you're a musician, you just kind of have to, you know, like like Caleb, you say you love to perform, and I I do too. You kind of just. I don't know. You kind of go into the zone, right? And you don't yeah. really think about a lot of shit until until you're done. It's like, oh fuck, I did that. I can't believe I did that. Wow. <laughs> Man, yeah, Caleb, have you had any rough uh, performances where you were like, oh, that didn't go so well, or or also other performances on the other side of it that were like, wow, this one was really yeah, well. The, I've had many in both ways. Uh, some most of the time, I'll, I'll they've been bad because. I've been playing on like a house kit that's not at all secure, so I'll be playing and the kick drum will start moving away from me. <laughs> so I'm having to try, like especially when it's been uh, those Red Shores gigs, because I'm trying to sing at the same time. I'm trying to sing, play, and fix the drum kit at the same time. Wow. So that that's always been a problem. Or um, when I was in this other band, some of them were just there. Yeah, it's just the kits going weird. There was one um, show. I played because I play uh, a double pedal hooked up to one bass drum. There's like a an axle arm that connects the left pedal to the right pedal. That yeah. broke on me on the last song, which was very double pedal heavy, and I had no drum key on me to just quickly nip it back on. So I had to do the entire like last two songs with just like the one foot doing double pedal, and it sucked <laughs> so bad. Because I'm not brilliant at single pedal speed stuff, <laughs> but I, I managed to get through it. Apparently, no one no one noticed until afterwards. It's like my pedal broke, fuck. And they're like, oh really? Didn't, didn't notice it. I'm like, well, at least that that's something. But it was the internal freak out of playing this song. Like, ah, this is going to be noticeable. This is going to be noticeable. But no, apparently, it wasn't. But yes, yeah, it's, it's typically it's um it's gear problems for me. Uh, sometimes I'll play a note wrong and I'll be like, ah, god, fuck. But, yeah, but nobody knows. But yeah, no nobody knows. knows that shit, right? They, if they if you've been playing, it's like 
the first time they're seeing you, only you know you fucked up. That's what I always oh, yeah, tell myself. So, yeah. It's like or they even, don't know. <laughs> even if they do know something, like they they're not even sometimes they're not even care. They're yeah. going to be so in the moment and enjoying it. Like yeah, they're not exactly. think, oh yeah, you played that. Oh, uh, you you went flat oh, there, you fucking you idiot. Yeah. yeah. Or even if you go flat, they're not going to care. Yeah, exactly. But in your mind, you're like, God damn it, I'm the worst person in the world. <laughs> yeah. I've had that doing both. Sometimes hit a note, and I'm like. That that wasn't right. That wasn't right. Yeah, but eh, no one cares. They're just too busy. Right, like no one does care. Like what? Like me as like a fan going to a show. Often, I don't know how many times I've went up to somebody and I'm like, "Man, that was a great show. Fucking loved it. You guys killed it." And then I wonder how many times they're just like, "Holy fuck, we sucked, man." Oh yeah, I've I've had that a couple of times. Like, I've done the show. And I'm like, nah, that wasn't brilliant. Going, oh, that was, that was fucking amazing. Oh, I loved it. And I'm like, oh, oh, cool. Well, at least they enjoyed it. I, I didn't. But I've had, I've had a couple. I've, I've kind of been on the borderline of having an anxiety attack whilst playing, and I'm just like, oh, oh did you get through it? And people are like, no, that was really cool. I, I loved it. And I'm like, oh, I, 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 I had nothing to worry about then. Yeah, and if that doesn't make you realize that people aren't paying as much attention to you as you think, then I don't think anything will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's Again, awesome. yeah, it's just pe- people aren't thinking about you the way you're thinking about no. you. No, <laughs> so. sure. definitely. But <clears throat> man, so yeah, getting back to some of the music there, just with uh, the last big release there, the last one you had, the full length. I can't remember this one. Here's the EP. Uh, why'd you go the EP route again? Was there initially uh, looking to get uh, yeah, that full it, length? It was initially going to be a second full length, and I had um, quite a. I can't remember exactly how many songs, but it was closer to 12 again. Um, and I was like, I, I, I listened through them, and I was like, these songs are good, but I don't quite think it's a good idea to just cut out another full length, because like, the first full length um, did well with people who listened to it, and everyone who listened to it said they enjoyed it, but it was very much a case to me of like, I don't feel like I'm quite good enough to get away with doing a full length at this point. I kind of need to hone what I'm doing. Because like, in comparison to this EP, those first two releases are pretty rough in terms of like my song writing. Right, that, that's the kind of what I noticed just from the brief listenings of those. Like Honestly, I'm, honestly, I didn't listen to them very, very much because... I was paying attention to this too damn much, and that's where you know I would recommend people start. Go here, go go yeah. to this EP, and, and it'll blow your mind. Yeah, I'd go back to the other stuff if you want, but yeah, no, I'd stick to this stuff because like now I kind of think I've I've hit the point where I'm writing what I wanted to write so all those years ago, and I've kind of managed to hit the point where I'm drawing my influences, but also doing like playing stuff in my own way. Yeah. Right. And you said like earlier, uh, you know, going through social media has been a way to help you with with obviously like most people. But how do you plan to promote moving forward? What's like the best been the best avenue for you to get your music heard, listened to, streamed, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Um, I, I guess it's just putting posts out, and um, I guess there's like the paid promotion of posts through like Facebook and Instagram, which are a bit dubious. They don't always necessarily work because it's always cases like oh three thousand people have seen this not one of them have clicked like or <laughs> gone to yeah. just check out the rest of your stuff so that, yeah. that's the thing but i guess it's 
my, my biggest uh, reliance would be people listening to it and then talking about it to other people. Yeah. So it's always the best way, isn't it? Word of mouth. Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Get, getting on some solid playlists that people put out there and like having those community uh, engaged listeners like like that's the thing that i think about like tfsc like our, our playlist there keeps gathering more and more people so like it's sort of got that weekly listener base that is willing to listen like, oh who the hell is that oh i this this is a new guy cool i want to listen to this stuff and that community wise stuff is really really super important to like mm-hmm. the independent artists stuff like that man and i think hopefully we can you know, we'll grab you. We'll bring you into that, Caleb. You can meet some fucking great people, and hopefully your music gets heard. You hear some music and just enjoy whatever comes your way. That's the plan. That's the plan. Brother. That's the plan. We'll see. That's the plan. We'll see, man. What the, the hell's going on over there? Who's squeaking in a chair? God damn it. That's my... That, you know what? I got this piece of shit chair here, and it's just... <laughs> the worst chair ever constructed really. <laughs> at least it wasn't your washing machine making the uh, that went just before we got on here so we're good to go <laughs> right on perfect man so <laughs> caleb how are you holding in there strong this morning brother yeah i'm um, uh, good got, got <laughs> coffee in me got the coffee in you you know doing it what's the plan for the the day brother uh just gonna just probably just sit and play video games nice Good stuff. What are you working on right now for a video game? I've kind of, uh, uh, I've kind of been flipping back and forth between uh, replaying Bloodborne and playing uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Okay. Which came out yeah, man. I, know, I got a couple friends that are playing Tsushima, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, nice. Yeah, it looks fun, man. Is it good? Oh, it is really good. It's, um, it's just the open world. Yeah. It's like, is it fair like, to say? Like, I've had some people consider it like they're like oh it's like assassin's creed but with samurai is that just too dumbed down away? um it, it it that is it's kind of an oversimplification i mean it's got elements from assassin's creed in it from like stealth it's got a little bit of maybe like red dead in there and uh i've heard some people say it's got a bit of breath of the wild in there as well which i mean I've, i haven't played breath of the wild but i can kind of from what i've seen of it gather that and yeah it's it's very much the open world. It's amazing. You'll be going through, and you're going, oh, there's this this thing in the world I can interact with, and that. I mean, what what is one of the amazing things about it is uh, there's no on-screen compass or mini map. You have to right. follow the wind to get to where you want to go. Oh wow! Or there's some collectibles you've got to follow a fox to get there, and it's just such an such an amazingly rich world. Yeah, I've spent most of like the first few days just doing because it's kind of like split over like three big sections on like Tsushima Island and I spent most of the first day just doing the side collectible stuff and side quests before I even touched the story there's just so much to do cool yeah I want to play that game just for for that fact like it's more open world. You gotta kind of follow the wind. There's no HUD that's kind of occupying your eyes, man. I, I find I'm terrible with that. I stare at that little tiny red screen in the bottom of the corner for majority of a game like that. Yes, brilliant. Yeah, the combat is so great cool. as well because you really kind of have to work with it. You can't just go in and button mash. 
Yeah, nice. I have to sit and watch and see what's going on. Cool. That's uh, cool. And then, and then you said Bloodborne as well too. Like you're talking yeah, like old school Bloodborne. Been playing Bloodborne, yeah. Like back on like the GameCube style or what? Oh no. Uh, <laughs> Get old, get old, from soft. Okay, gotcha. Oh yeah, Bloodborne stuff. Yeah, I thought that was. I was thinking another shit, man. I was thinking of some vampire bullshit, Blood Rain or something like that. Oh, (laughs) Blood Rain. I love that shit. That was good. Bloodborne. Bloodborne. Yeah, I started that game, but I'll tell you this, man. I don't got the patience for that. As as the most difficult fighting I can get to is in like the new God of War. Yeah. Oh yeah, new God of War great as well but yeah bloodborne like just the soulsborne in general yeah hard as fuck they're not for everyone they're hard as fuck and they're those games that once like once you click with it you love it but um sometimes you have you got to put in a bit bit of the work because it can be a cruel 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 bitch (laughs) without a doubt it'll just slap you around and you have to work it work it but they are so rewarding. That's right. It sounds like my relationship. Just we get slapped around, oh, and but then it's rewarding. Around. We work at it, right? We choke, do whatever, right? Whatever they're into, and then it's so rewarding <laughs> at the end. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> For sure, man. Well, well, Caleb, where can we check out all your music? Where Where are we gonna go to hear Red Shores? Red Shores is it's on Bandcamp. It's on Spotify and a crap ton of other streaming services that I can't name off the top of my head. Okay, well, we'll <laughs> find them. But yeah, we're on big ones. Yeah, we're on Bandcamp, Spotify, iTunes, and Apple Music. I think cool. we're on Amazon as well. Cool, man. Perfect. Awesome. That's great. You know what? Joey, got any more questions for the man, the myth, the legend? Oh, man. I, I learned so much tonight. I You answered any question I could have possibly come up with, my friend. It's awesome. I look forward to seeing the response you're going to get from this album. We'll uh, we'll push it. We'll push it as far as we can. Appreciate you guys having me on here to talk with you. First, yeah, man. First, if you have done. Well, hell yeah. And so. we're glad to have you because, as like we said, man, big fans of the album. And it's, totally. it's some, sometimes hard to eloquently put how much we like it when we talk to somebody because you know you're just like well it's fucking good we did review it beforehand and i think we fucking did a solid job of it there on that one so yeah our brain cells were functioning a lot better earlier in the night <laughs> <laughs> right on it kind of hitting the point where the, the brain's going no yeah exactly close to one now i gotta get up at five to drive the lady to work tomorrow so whatever whatever it's life man you you were awesome for us you woke up bright and early for us appreciate it we man appreciate that man no worries now you go play some video games and pr- promote yeah. your music and do your thing and fuck well we'll chat here shortly man i'll fire some dms your way today yeah. all right caleb morganfield out the man the thanks myth. so much man thanks guys Ka! The man, the myth, the super legend, Caleb Morganfield. Caleb, Caleb, you should see the size of his organ field, Morganfield. That's that's how they say it on Suplex City Limits. That's how they say it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Cool, man. I'm just going to... Yeah, I think we're done. What? It's it's a late (sighs) night. Hopefully you learned a lot from him. You're going to go listen to his goddamn music, and you're going to love the music. And you're going to be like, holy shit, I just fucking got like 
way smarter because I'm listening to MathCore. I don't know. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Fuck you guys. Bye, guys. See you Monday. Gah! Good night for Good night for